Hello, everybody. Welcome. This is the podcast Woman and Mythology, and I'm your host, Maria. In today's episode, I will interpret Skeleton Woman, the symbol of Lady Death. We are going to talk about the life, death, life, nature, the cycle. If you haven't heard the story of Skeleton Woman yet, I invite you to return to the previous episode and listen to the tale. This will help you and enrich your experience interpreting and getting familiar with the life-death life cycle. Skeleton woman in this story is a symbol, is a personification of the life-death life nature. But what is this nature, this cycle? This is a cycle of animation, development, decline, and death that is always followed by reanimation. And it is part of every being. It's one of the natural laws, if we think about it. Just like we have the law of gravity, if you drop something here on earth, it will fall. We have the law of the life-death-life cycle. Nothing and no one can be always in the life stage. Death will always follow life, and life will always follow death. This is a basic component of the instinctual life. And to know this gives a woman a powerful tool and knowing and trust in life. It allows her to develop herself, to not try to freeze herself. And very much like the archetypes, when we try to freeze them, they die. That also happens with the female soul. If we try to freeze the female soul in a certain stage, we stop its development and it starts to atrophy. It starts to dry out. Women intuitively and instinctually already have a lot of experience with the life, death, life nature. And that is because in one of the examples of women's natural cycles of bleeding, of menstruation, women experience death every month. Every time they bleed, they experience death. And it's really beautiful to notice that women experience blood and death without violence. There is no violence in menstruation. Men, on the other hand, to experience blood, to experience death, they tend to come, especially in old traditions, they would come into violence with each other, battles, war. But women do not need that. They have the power to experience death in this non-violent way, which gives them insights about the power of death, about lady death. In our mainstream society, we now tend to fear death. We believe that death is final and certain. So moving and accepting the cycle, the cycles of life, death, life is very hard for us. But the cycle, the death is not a robber. It comes to actually enrich in our lives. When I say death here, I am not talking about the physical death that ends one's life, but the deaths that happen that end certain things in our life. So for example, when a woman is having her first child, there is the birth of this child, the birth of a mother, but there is also the death of the maiden, the death of perhaps a relationship with a partner that had no children and now is a relationship where they are both parents. When a woman is moving from non-committed or a more casual relationship to a more committed relationship, there is the death of this casual, pretty fun self. 
entering the deeper self. And there is the birth of a more committed relationship. Sometimes in our society, we also say, oh, this person or that person is afraid of commitment. But the fear is not necessarily the commitment. It is actually death. There is a fear of the death. There is a fear because there is this instinctual knowing that every relationship will bring many deaths, deaths to who we were, to certain parts of us. One relationship can have many endings. And I would like to read an example of what dies in relationships from the book, Women Who Run With The Wolves. What dies? Illusion dies. Expectation dies. Greed for having it all, for wanting to have all be beautiful only. All this dies because love always causes a descent into the death nature. We can see why it takes abundant self-power and soulfulness to make that commitment. When one commits to love, one also commits to the revivification of the essence of skeleton women and all her teachings. And this doesn't apply just between lovers, but in relationships of friends, of mother-daughters, of partners. All types of relationships have many endings. And of course, the relationship to self. In our process of becoming, we have many deaths. And those who are afraid of the death, are afraid to allow a part of themselves to die, will never allow a new part of themselves to live, a new part of our, themselves to grow. In the story of La Loba and in the story of Manawe, we speak about living a life with integrity. That's episode one and episode four. And this living a life with integrity, living a life with integration comes also from the deep synchronization with the cycles of life, which is this cycle of life, death, life. You can maintain relationship to self through the cycles. When we develop it, we are made wise. We learn also that passion, creativity, it is not meant to be chased, but rather to create it in cycles. You might have find it in yourself or seen it in a friend or perhaps in an artist you admire that their cycles of creation does not come from this always doing, but it has its peaks. And then there is this absence, this emptiness, this death that is necessary for it to be renewed. We also can see it in nature very clearly through the seasons. A bush, a tree cannot be always in spring, always blooming and blossoming, always giving fruits. It has its cycles as well. It's cycles of going inwards, it's cycles of losing its leaves and then returning to that state of life of abundance. The truth is that death creates life, but that is not what we have been told. So we must learn a new way. We must start seeing death in our lives, endings in our lives as an opportunity, as the birth of life and not as a final ending. The skeleton is the perfect metaphor for the cycle of life, death, life. When death moves, life moves. Imagine your body, your skeleton. When you try to move one finger, even if you do not see it, Other parts of your hand are also moving. That is how life, death, life works. When life moves, death moves. When death moves, life moves. 
But what happens if we refuse the life-death life cycle? If we say to ourselves, no, I will only live in the life state. I will not allow skeleton woman to approach me. I will not embrace her in my life, in my relationship to self, in my relationship to another. So I'll read a paragraph from the book, Women Who Run With The Wolves. Throwing this mysterious nature over the cliff always causes the woman lover and the soulful force in a man to become a skeleton bereft of genuine love or nourishment, as a woman often takes keen notice of biological and emotional cycles. The life and death cycles are at the center of her concern, since there can be little new life without a decline in that which has gone previously. Lovers who assist on attempting to keep everything at a psyche scintillating peak will spend their days in an increasingly ossified relationship. The desire to force love to live on in its most positive form only, it's what caused love ultimately to fall over dead and for good. Refusing to allow all the cycles of life and death in a love relationship causes the skeleton woman nature to be ripped from her psychic lodgings and drowned. Then the relationship takes on a strain. Let us never be sad. Let us always have fun face to be maintained at all cost. The soul of the relationship sinks out of sight, set to drift underwater, senseless and useless. Skeleton woman is always thrown over the cliff when one or both lovers cannot stand her or understand her. She's thrown over the cliff when we misapprehend the use of transformative cycles, when things must die and be replaced by others. If lovers cannot stand these life-death-life processes, they cannot love one another over and beyond hormonal aspirations. So to embrace skeleton woman is a task. To embrace death is a task. To embrace endings in our life is a task. It is definitely one of the most difficult tasks because when life is singing, when life is in its peak, it is so hard to detach ourselves from that state, that feeling, and release ourselves to the death. Another element that comes hand in hand with death is the unknown. And we are all so trained, raised and educated to love the known, to love to be in control, to know what is going to happen next. And to embrace skeleton women is to be comfortable and trusting of the unknown, comfortable with the release of control. For me personally, this is one of the biggest challenges. To be able to sit in the deep forest, in this darkness of skeleton woman, and allow her to do her work, and allow the cycles to move without me wanting to control them. From my own experience, every time that I find myself in these endings, in these death phases of my life. And now through this work with mythology, becoming conscious of it. And I say to people or my friends or my clients, and I say, look, yes, I'm in this phase of death. I'm in the deep unknown forest of Vasalisa. And I just want to sit with it. I want to be able to be comfortable with it. They immediately tell me, no, but you can go out. Look, remember your tools. Remember this. Think of the next plan. And 
That is not because they don't mean well. They do mean very, very well. And I love them for it. But the truth is, at that time, what I need to do, the task is to sit with the unknown, is what Clarissa Pinkola says, have a cup of tea with skeleton woman, be able to face her, be able to sit with her and learn from her and be developed and made wise by her. Because skeleton woman is mysterious. She goes from horizon to horizon, from heaven to hell. Yet we must embrace her. She is so misunderstood in our society. She is the creative pattern. She renews life, but we see her only as death. You can even think about how skeletons are portrayed in our mainstream world. For example, in Halloween, you might see a lot of skeletons, or even in certain rituals, you might see a lot of skeletons. I would say in Halloween, the skeletons are there to symbolize death only. They're supposed to be scary. They're supposed to be something you are afraid of. However, in rituals, especially old traditions, the skeleton is seen as a symbol of the death, but the death that is attached to life. Skeletons can be brought into ceremonies and rituals as a symbol of the ancestors. And in indigenous tribes, the ancestors are not dead. They have passed away, but they still live within us. They still live for us, by us, through us. So it is really about changing our perception of the death nature of skeleton women, inviting her in our lives. It is said that it is skeleton women that guides the midwife's hand and the baby in the womb. She is teacher and she is the teacher the soul wants. Remember when in Manawea we spoke about the dual nature of women, the ego and the soul self. The soul self wants to learn from skeleton women. The soul self wants to come into contact with skeleton women. The soul self of a woman understand that skeleton woman renews life. So knowing and loving and welcoming Lady Death is welcoming and joining the cycle. If you heard this story before and you were picturing the skeleton woman as this abominable, horrible creature that the fisherman needs to run from, I invite you to re-listen to the tale, imagining the skeleton woman as this life-death-life cycle which the fisherman must come into relationship with. And I believe other insights might open for you. Skeleton woman is clearly not beautiful at first, but we must be willing to touch the not beautiful. Only then we will be reward. The not beautiful can be seen as the shadow side of ourself. It can also be seen as the traumas, the secrets that we kept, the things that were done to us or that we have done to ourselves that are not beautiful, but that we must touch, we must integrate to be able to be rewarded. Skeleton women surfaces in love relationships. Not just that, she surfaces in other relationships too, but love is a big component. But you don't need to see it as only love between partners and two beings, but the love to self, love to art, to a creative practice, love between mother-daughter, love between friends. And to love means to stay with, to not be an impediment to the other. 
wherever love is nascent, skeleton women will surface, and that love can only be developed if skeleton women is embraced. So, for example, when we start a love relationship with writing, with creativity, skeleton women will appear, and that relationship with the art, with the writing, with the creative life will only be developed. It will only grow. If we embrace the life-death-life cycle within it, not meeting a skeleton woman, not embracing her, would interrupt libido, would interrupt the cycles of passion towards the person, the art, the creative life, or even oneself. We also must touch the not beautiful in the other. To love means to stay with, but also to be willing And patient to touch that not beautiful, to embrace that in the other, that being in a friend, in a love partner, in a parent, or in a child. So, for us to finish, I invite you to reflect on your relationship with the life-death-life nature, your relationship with skeleton women. Have you embraced her? When have you thrown her over the cliffs? Is she now having a cup of tea with you, or is she lying under the ocean, recluded from your life? In the next episode, I'll continue interpreting this tale because there is so much to be said. We're going to look at some of the tasks of this story. What does it mean to untangle skeleton woman? What does it mean to use the heart as drum? What does it mean to catch her from under the ocean and bring her to surface? Until then, you're welcome to connect with me on Instagram at Woman and Mythology or through my website, womanandmythology.com. I wish you the courage, the strength, and the knowing of wild women to embrace skeleton women fully and deeply in your life. <laughs>